Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, 3 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Wednesday to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will have ASU's tournament game, play-in game, tonight against Nevada. Starts right after 6 o'clock. We will leave the air a little early today at 5.30 for the pregame coverage of that. We're looking forward to that game to see if they advance. And we'll Did be you do a bracket yet? I haven't. I uh, Honestly, yep. I have no idea who I'm going to put in the Final Four of the championship. I'm just okay. going to kind of... I got like, mine. It's like a Ouija board. I'm just going to start writing stuff down and just see don't where we have it like goes. A, don't we have like a contest here at the station? We do, yeah. Right, the I'm going to get it right yeah, there. there you, you should do that. Yeah, absolutely. In the meantime, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, we're now to day three of NFL free agency. And as these websites are, they tend to do, you start to see some of the grades coming out on how things are going for different teams. Uh, this is going to surprise nobody. The Cardinals are not getting good grades no. for what they've done no. so far. Um, I saw CBSSports.com, winners and losers for day two. Loser, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, there's another one here. Cardinals uh, 2023 day two grades. The Arizona Cardinals get a C. So far, a the C? reviews have not been good. A C. You, you would have gladly gotten gladly. a C in high school. No, they get an F so far. What have they done? They haven't done anything. You lost Zach Allen. You lost Byron Murphy. You didn't do anything good. You've gotten some linebacker. Right? You know that, okay, it's a good player. Listen, I just, I just hope that there's a plan. I do hope that there's a plan. Now, that plan could be, that plan could be like, hey, we're starting over from scratch. You ever, you ever clean out a, like a room in your house, a garage, a kitchen, or a closet? You clean out, and you get to the point, you start to throw some stuff away, and you get to the point, like, you know, screw it, just get rid of everything. Like, just get rid of everything. I mean, it could be that way. I mean, that, Monty Asipar may have come in and said, you know what? I don't really like any of these players. I'm going to get rid of as many guys as I can. <laughs> I'm not giving Byron Murphy $11 million. Like, I missed a whole lot of games last year. I'm not giving Zach, Zach Allen five and a half sacks. I'm not giving him 32 and a half guarantee. I mean, maybe he came in and he wants to reset. If there's a plan, I'm okay. Now, the problem is that they, they haven't told us the plan. You know, unlike the Yotes and Bill Armstrong, who basically come out and said, here's the plan. No. They haven't really told us no. what the plan is. If there's a plan, I can live with this if there's a plan. They, they, I, I think there's a plan. Um, I think the I'm a big action speak louder than words guy. I don't think they need to tell us the plan. I think the plan is revealing itself, and I think the plan is exactly everything must go. But it obviously it, leads to, it it leads to people believing that you're cheap. It leads to people. You yes. couldn't pay Murphy it, eleven million bucks. It leads to your best people, cornerback. It, it leads to people believing that you're unwilling to spend the money necessary to go out and compete mm-hmm. this year. But it also that general idea. The idea of competing this year, trying to win now, you and I have already both acknowledged that's probably not a very good plan for the Cardinals in 2023. No, I, and I, I don't disagree with that. And, and so, I wouldn't spend so, a lot of But I would have kept Murph. He's young. Or Allen. He's young. One of the two. Allen was expensive. Murph I would have kept. At that price tag, I would have I would have kept him. I really would have. Uh, the Cardinals, by the way, today made some announcements. They did announce, in addition to what you talked about a second ago with Ezekiel Turner. Uh, Kaiser White's offensive lineman Yelda Froholt on two-year contracts, and offensive lineman Yelda Froholt. Sure about him. Defensive lineman Kevin Strong also signed on a one-year contract. So you got a defensive lineman Kevin Strong. You've got an offensive lineman Yelda Froholt on a two-year deal. Kaiser White's on a two-year deal that we knew about a couple of days ago. Okay. The team just announced that a moment ago. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know much about Yelda. He's from Froholt. Denmark. Okay. He's from Denmark. Played at Arkansas. He has been with the Patriots, the Texans, and the Browns. So, drafted by the Patriots in the fourth round. He's at Arkansas. He doesn't really... 
play a whole lot. Let me see. October 21, signed by the Browns, off the Texans practice squad, waived on November 27th, re-signed to the practice squad, active roster as a COVID replacement. They know him from the Patriots. They know him because he was with the Patriots. He was the 118th overall pick from the Patriots in 2019. Okay. So there's some familiarity there, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't really play. No, in uh, a two-year deal, probably closer to a one-year deal. Um, with the second year, you know, if they want to move on, they can. So okay, so a couple of moves there. Not none that we're going to use the breaking news sounder. We knew about Kaiser White that that was yesterday. Froholt. Kevin Strong um, additions made by the Cardinals. But yeah, to your point, let's get back to where we were talking, though. Okay. I, and I interrupted myself by seeing that break and that, that news comes down. That's what we do. Um, it's You're right. They have not communicated the plan. I think the plan is kind of now communicating for itself. And, and, and generally, if I'm generalizing here, I think you and I, I can't speak for every Cardinal fan out there. I'm just talking about you and me right now. I think you and I are generally on board with the idea that this team is not in a position to be super competitive this year or next. No, they'll be back in to recognize that. Be back in the top five. 49ers are spending money. See, you're going to be back in the top five of the draft next year. Very likely. Very likely. Now, is that, are you trying to lose or are you recognizing where you're at as an organization? Because to me, there's a difference. But you can still sign good young players on on a three-year deal knowing that, hey, we're going to take it on the chin this year, but we're really hoping that that next year we turn it around. Unless you think you're not going to be able to turn it around in that second year. Because if this is, if you're Monty Austin Fort, and I, I don't know, I'm just speculating here. Let's say Monty's looking at the situation and going, if I'm being honest with you, Michael, this is a two year rebuild. This is not a one year rebuild. Then sign a bunch of one year guys, just right. get through the system and, and, and lose game. You're going to lose game. And that's the thing. If it's really truly a two year rebuild, there is no point in signing Zach Allen. There's not, there's not. I mean, by the time you're expecting to be good again, you're in year three of that deal. There's no point in signing Byron Murphy because you're not expecting to be good any time that that contract. You still got to field the team. Of course. And you, you're going yeah, yeah. to. They will field the team. I agree with you about the Byron Murphy one. Zach Allen, I can see where they might have said too I, rich I, for our blood. But Byron Murphy? I don't want to lose games 47 to 3. You know, I mean, you got to be. You, you, I mean, whoever's coaching, you know, Jonathan Gadden is not going to go in there. I want to get his brains beat in every single day. Like, so, okay. Like, you need somebody to cover cornerback, cover wide receivers. So you want something in between then? No, no, I, I want, I, I don't want to be, humi- I don't want to be, you want. I, ex- I, I expect that they're going to lose. I hope that they don't get humiliated. Okay. And I think that it's not terrible to invest in younger players that might be able to be here for a while. You know, if the price is right, like it was with Murph, I mean, I understand your point on Zach Allen, 32 and a half, and, you know, in two years. But he may be, look, he may be a great pass rusher for the next five years. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would have been afraid. I understand your point, but I don't know I would have been afraid of that. You got to feel the team. You got to, your coach is going to want to try to win games. Your coach isn't going to lose games. Coach is going to try to win football games. Like I'm saying, like, you, you got rid of your best pass rusher right now. You got rid of your best cornerback. Like, all right, like I get, I get a rebuild, but you know, you these fans have suffered enough. You know how many times the Cardinals won at home last year? One, yeah, one. More information about Froholt. Uh, now I'm looking at the release. He made his first six career starts for the Cleveland Browns last year. So there's a there's a Petsing connection with that one. He was part of that Browns offense that was really good in terms of rushing yards per game. Uh, drafted by New England. So there's a Monty connection and there's a Petsing connection with Froholt. So there, there's that. He appeared in a career-high 17 games, made his first six career starts last year. Uh, Strong comes to the Cardinals from the Titans, where he played a career-high 
16 games last year, so there's a money connection there. So they're they're clearly going with guys that they know. Froholt is a guy that Petzing knows. Froholt is a guy that Monty knows. Strong is a guy that Monty knows because you're white. We all know is a guy that Gannon knows and and Rawless knows. So they're they're kind of reaching into their bag of tricks and pulling stuff out. Look, I, I nobody wants to see the Cardinals. So I don't. I don't want. I don't. I don't know, and I can't sit here and say from this chair that I'm sitting in that I think the Cardinals are trying to lose games or wanting to lose games. For me, the answer is they're looking in the mirror. They're looking at their roster. They're looking at a 2019 draft class that only has Kyler Murray left from it, and they're looking at it going, you know what? We're not very good. We have got to, to your point, we're cleaning out the closet. We're giving it all the goodwill. We're giving it all away. Get rid of everything. We're getting rid of everything. We got to start from scratch. And while on the surface that might look like intentionally losing or intentionally not wanting to win games, it could very well be just a good, long, cold, hard look in the mirror. We're not good. I'm not. And it's going to take us a while to be good. But I don't know why you can't just be honest with that evaluation and just tell people like, hey, listen, you know, we 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 were the worst teams in the league last year. We got the third pick in the draft. Like we're not, you know, we're not going to be able to, you know, we we have to start over. We have to rebuild. We have to get assets, draft picks. Does that statement come with or without the email asking for people to renew their? Season tickets. I'm not sure. I, I get it. You don't think enough people right now are they won three games last year. They won one home game all last year. Like if it, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, what, what kind of fan of you if you only want to be there for the good times? Sometimes you got to suffer through the bad times too. You know, I mean, if you're a true fan, you'd be like, oh, you know what? They only won three games. I'm not coming back next year. Like they, I mean, if you're a true fan, you're going to stick with them through this. But again, I think some, they're not going to tell us that because they don't want the fans to know that. But I think you're right. Your actions speak loud. What are the actions? We're three days into free agency. They haven't done a damn thing. Yep. The clock is ticking on you to join the madness and your shot at the grand prize. $1,000 in tickets to next year's Madness Tournament. Text the word BUCKS to 62620. Fill out your bracket. Compete in the Arizona Sports Bracket BUCKS. It's presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Again, text the word BUCKS to 620-620. Don't look at the Western Conference standings. If you're a Suns fan, no, I really mean it. Don't look. You're not going to huh. like what you see. Next, Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns losers last night to the Milwaukee Bucks. They've lost three straight games. Next up for the Suns. Hopefully, a reprieve on the schedule after these last three with Orlando. Not that Orlando is going to be a walk in the park. They've got one of the best young players in the NBA in Banchero. He's so good. He's so good. Again, I'm not too high, or, or, or you'd be low. I'm not too low over the three game losing streak right now. I was almost expected, but I'm not too low on it. I'm lower about the standings. Okay, I, I'm. I, it, it, the three game losing streak is one is one thing. Watching how tight things are getting in the Western Conference in terms of where I don't want the Suns to go. I, that, that's that's truly my concern here. I'm not worried about a three game losing streak. I'm, I, the the equation is going to change when Kevin Durant is going to be here. Is he going to stay? I don't know. Is he going to last? I have no idea. But to judge these three games without him, it's almost impossible. It's just not, it's going to be a different product in a few weeks. I think, and I think you'll probably agree with me, I I think any thought of a three or four seed now is, uh, I think it's gone. 
I think uh, any thought to get to two or three is just you, gone. Okay, you said three or four. Did you mean two, two or three? three? Two yeah, or three. You said three or four. I'm like, oh, I'd still Sorry, hold out two hope or three. Four. To catch Memphis or Sacramento, I just don't think is realistic. I now, would, both of those teams have tough games today, and I'll probably lose. But I think the deficit, six games in the loss column to Memphis, five to the Kings, not enough games to make it up. I think that they can't overcome that. Yeah, that dream would seem to be over. So I, I, I if something were to happen in that regard, it would be quite a miracle. It would be close. I've pretty much ruled it out in my own mind. Just real quick for yeah. the NBA, we'll, we'll kind of look ahead and then we'll look forward. All right. Last night in well, the NBA, the same thing, right? Look ahead and look forward. I'm sorry, I meant to say we're going to look back and look forward. Oh, okay, because okay, I can look ahead and look forward, and I think it's the same thing. <laughs> You're right. We're going to look back and then we're going to look forward. Last night in the NBA, first of all, the Nuggets lost again to the Raptors, one twenty-five, one ten. See Michael Malone after the game. Oh yeah, that was just something broken with that team. We are in chill mode. Mm. You can't be in chill mode with 13 games left. They might lose the number one seed. They're four game lead right now over the number two seed. Three over Memphis in the lost column. Four over Sacramento. You go with that lost column thing again. Because no, it's the most, it is the, it's the thing that matters. They're number one in the West since like December 15th. I mean, they, they've been a top seed for such a long time and Michael Malone thinks his team is getting a little soft. Also last night, the Lakers beat the Pelicans 123-108. 35 and 17 boards for Anthony Davis, who's not going to play tonight for the Lakers against the Rockets. Second night of a back-to-back, they're going to rest that they foot. beat him without him? Maybe. D'Angelo Russell had 17. Malik Beasley had seven threes last night for the Pelicans. They were down 75-40 to 40 at halftime. They cut it to 13, but the Pelicans certainly seem like they're... That was obviously a crucial game. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder. Look out, man. They've won six of their last seven. They're at the bottom of the play-in standings, but Shea Gilgis Alexander had 35 points. Josh Giddy he had a triple-double. Mikael Bridges in the loss had 34. Cam Johnson had 23. But I think at this point, the bigger takeaway is Oklahoma City. That's a team you are playing this weekend if you're yeah, the Suns. And yeah. they have got something to play for. No, and they're desperate. Look, I think you look at the, the standings. You see the Suns are in fourth. I don't know if they can even hold on to fourth. Golden State's a game behind them. So are the Clippers. Now, if if one of them passes you and you end up a five, you're going to have a tough first-round matchup. A 4-5 matchup of either Phoenix against Golden State or Phoenix against the Clippers when you got to start it on the road. You might be better off having both of them pass you. And I talked about this yesterday, but you might be. If you end up in sixth, then you may end up with a Sacramento or a Memphis instead of a Golden State or the Clippers. I think most people would want that. Now, be careful what you wish for. I get it. Sacramento's good. They've been healthy all year. Uh, Memphis will will get job back from this suspension, uh, I think, on the 20th, because he's been suspended for eight games by Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a chance that they I don't know I don't think that they could hold on to four and the question is can they get five or is it or will you get six now the Clippers and the Warriors play each other tonight they do so one of them is going to gain on you and one of them you're going to move a, a little bit ahead of so yeah. that's an interesting game yeah it's can they hold on to four yes they can will they I, at this point it feels like they're it's inevitable it's gonna they're going to lose that, right? I, I don't know for a fact. Nobody can know for sure. It feels like they're going to lose it. I'm going to. You're going to keep pounding the table for them falling to six being a good thing, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. That's just going to make me and I think a lot of Suns fans nervous because falling to six means you're that much closer to seven, and closer to seven means it's a crapshoot. You get down to seven, and now uh, you're the playing. I don't want any part of that. And, and and so that's that's the hard part about desiring <clears throat> six 
is that six is so close to seven that you're now you're you're dancing with the devil a little bit. I'm not bit. desiring it, and I understand. I'm not like I just think that there's a chance that that's where the. I think there's a good chance that Golden but, State and the Clippers are going to pass but, them now but, because but, Kevin Durant's not here. Okay, but shorthanded. But you're also touting the benefits of. I think being it could be six. a benefit and, if you if you don't fall any further. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Like falling to six, I'll buy that. That's a benefit because you're going to get Sacramento over Memphis in the first round. But six, and now you're knocking on seven's door. And if you get in a seven, then you, that's that's where it gets dicey. That's where it gets problematic. I don't want you don't want that playing. Like no. you, if you end up against Dallas or the Lakers, you don't want to go against you know in a one game scenario. Now you get two games if you're the seven seed. But if you you don't want to go in a one game scenario against these teams because in any one game you could get beat if somebody goes off. We we painted the picture yesterday, and it's a gruesome picture. You could potentially be playing the Dallas Mavericks in your first play-in game. Kyrie and Luka go off. You lose. Then you got to play LeBron and AD in the second game. And while the Suns with KD should, emphasis on the word should, should be able to beat either one of those teams, who the hell knows in a one-game scenario? Nobody knows in a one-game scenario. So it's it's a dance, and it's a tight one. And and you mentioned the Memphis Grizzlies today. It was announced by the league that Jaw has been suspended eight games without pay. The suspension covers the six games he's already going to miss. So Morant is eligible to play Monday against Dallas. So he could be back soon, very soon. Potentially, yeah. He for the called Memphis Grizzlies. His, Adam Silver called his conduct irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. It also has serious consequences given his enormous following and influence, particularly among young fans who look up to him. So that's what he said. Yeah, come back on the twentieth. They host the Mavericks. He's been out for a little while now. Um, he's not even allowed. Now that you're suspended, he's not even allowed at the team's facility until that day. And then it's probably going to be a ramp up period because he's been away for. Sometimes. So I wouldn't even expect that he could play that day. He'd probably have, again, we talk about ramp up a lot with the Suns. I'm sure other teams have that too. Here's how tight everything is in the West right now. You mentioned the loss column. We'll use that as our guide here. Okay, Suns right now are sitting with 32 losses. They have one fewer than Golden State, one fewer than the Clippers. Golden State's at five, LA's at six. They have two fewer losses than Minnesota. Just two. Minnesota's in the seventh seat right now. And by the way, it was announced this morning, they're expecting Carl Anthony Towns back sometime yes, in the next couple of weeks. I saw that. Now, that might do more harm than good. We yeah, get it. that's true. You know, honestly, true. You know, that, that could do more harm than good. So I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for Minnesota. Two games ahead in the loss column from the seventh seed. Three games ahead in the loss column from eight, nine, and ten. Oklahoma City... Dallas and the Lakers are all tied in the loss column with 35 losses. Those are currently 8, 9, and 10. Well, just bring it up. Four games out of being out of the playoffs altogether. Four games out of being out of the playoffs altogether. Could you even... I can't. You know what? Actually, I can't. There's like a blockage in my brain. You know how like there's certain images your mind just won't allow you to see? I yeah. cannot even imagine the Phoenix Suns name below that line in the standings that I'm looking at right now, separating the 10th seed Lakers from the no seed Utah Jazz. I can't imagine the Suns occupying that space. Right, I'll ask you this now. I'll, I'll just ask you this. And We're not in big hindsight, guys. You were in favor of the Kevin Durant trade. I was not in favor of the trade. I wanted to keep window two open a lot longer. So this is so this is nothing new. I, I would not have made that trade. I might be bl- totally wrong. You were totally in favor of it. You got to go for it. I totally understand your thinking. 
if they had never made that trade, they wouldn't be in this position right now because they wouldn't have Durant missing all these games. They would have, you know, they would have traded Jay for somebody else, and they would have Cam and they would have Mikael, and they'd probably be a real threat to be the two seed right now. Yeah. Any reservations or any regret? None. Because okay. that team has no championship aspirations. I don't think that team, the way it was constructed, was going to win an NBA championship. I think the Suns now, the way they're constructed, still can win an NBA championship. No reservations okay. whatsoever. None. Okay. Yeah, do you have any? I, I, you, I you, were, you were go, never a fan of it anyway. I, so I was always against the trade. Okay. Not by a lot, but by a little bit. So, like, I will stick with that. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line? 620-620 right now. You know how we feel about the current losing streak. How is Suns president of basketball ops and GM James Jones processing all of this? We'll ask him next, only on Arizona Sports. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Prince and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. It's always a pleasure to have a weekly conversation with the president of basketball operations and general manager of the team, James Jones. He joins us on the Arizona Sports Line on this Wednesday afternoon. Suns have the Orlando Magic coming up on Thursday. Good afternoon, James. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. How far you got Miami going in your bracket? Uh, title, title game. Title we'll game. <laughs> you got to beat in Houston. Love the hey, optimism. Hey, man. Listen, I fill out a bracket every year. Miami wins it every single year. Every we haven't won year. it yet, but I think this is the year. All right. So you can't fill out a bracket without having Miami at the top of the line. Yeah, man. I'm just I'm just too biased to my home team. I'm sorry. That's probably why I'm not. That's why I don't do well in those bracket uh, yeah. those bracket leagues. I would imagine that's why. <laughs> you, sometimes you need to have the national champion in order to win some of those brackets. I would think so. <laughs> All right. Let's let, let's let's talk about this three game gauntlet that you guys just went through: Sacramento, Golden State, and Milwaukee. Uh, I'm I'm honestly I'm not surprised that you lost all three. That those teams are really good, uh, and you guys are without KD right now. What did you learn, if anything, about your team over these? last three games um you know that that we'll we fight you know that's uh you know no matter what the game looks like you know we we had stretches where we really struggled to score um struggled to get stops and then we had stretches where we were we were prolific on both ends of the court and uh you know we got down big in golden state and we came back you know we were down big against you know milwaukee a big enough lead for them and and we fought back and took a lead um but ultimately we just couldn't close and and so we we, we've done some good things um three games and four nights is tough um but when you're playing the opponents that we we played um you know, you wish you could come out with a couple wins, but you know, we'll, we'll just have to focus on Orlando tomorrow. And you know, every day, um, every day that uh, we play, we get closer to the end of the season. So we just want to find a way to play our best basketball soon. Yeah, you know, you're in that middle ground where, like, okay, you could have got to th- before these three games where you might have been able to get to three or two, and but you also could have dropped a little bit. You haven't yet, but five, six, maybe even seven. How often do you find yourself just looking at the standings and where you guys are right now? No, I mean we don't. We're not looking at the standings anymore. Um, you know, we're, we're reaching a point in the season where the teams that are playing for the seeding—four, five, six, seven, eight—we all play each other, and, and so every night someone's going to go up, someone's going to go down. Uh, the standings will be be interesting to watch from a spectator perspective, but we we have to take it one game at a time. You know, that's how we 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 took it once we got KD back. You know, we came in every night saying, "Let's just put our best game together." Like KD says all the time, "Let's just put some good stuff on on tape and uh, let the result be what it will be." 
Uh, and so that's the mentality we'll take going forward. We have spent a lot of time here on our show looking at the standings, talking about this, talking about that. And I know we've asked you about the standings in the past. Is there an importance that you guys are putting, though, on staying out of the play-in tournament? Is that something that matters to you that you don't want to do? No, I mean, it's to, it's to, it's to play our best basketball, to do, to do two things, play our best basketball and, uh, and win. Um, and, and if that puts us in the top four, of course you want to be in the top four because you get a home game. Uh, game seven is in your building, um, and, and it's always great to have that advantage. But, um, you know, no one – I don't think anyone wants to play in the play-in. That's just an extra game. Um, it's another opportunity to, to get hurt. Uh, so you try to minimize that. But, you know, there's no extra added um, incentive for us. So, you know, we're not going to go out and play harder to avoid the play-in game. We're going to play as hard as we can because we still see a chance to ascend in, in the standings. The bench yesterday started 1-for-12. There's been some struggles there. Monty's talked about it quite a bit lately. Although we did see Cameron Payne start to come around with those two back-to-back three-pointers. Gave you a 90-87 lead. Your thoughts on Cameron Payne coming back from the injury and how close do you think he is to being back to the level he was at a couple of years ago? Well, I mean, that's the level we we need him to reach. Um, I, I think every day we're seeing it. It, him shake off some of the rust. You know, it's been tough for him uh, trying to get back to speed with this group and, and with the new additions that we have. But um, Cam, Cam's confident. You know, that's that's what you deal with with campaign. You know, he has highs and he has lows, but we know he'll bring in energy. So if we can just get him to be consistent um, during this stretch, it'll help us tremendously. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. I, I I know there were a lot of comments after the game last night about the, the officiating. From your perspective, was what happened last night fair? Are you accustomed to it? Did you have any comments on what happened last night with the officiating and how it went down? Because I know a lot of the players and the coach were talking about it after the game as well. It's self-evident, man. Like, you know, we look, we look at it. Um, we know certain players get certain treatment. Um, I think that's always been the case in this league. Um, the human element uh, comes into fact, it comes into play. Um, you know, I, I think everyone could see that, you know, as much as Devin attacks the pain, as much as our guys attack, uh, we draw a lot of contact. We just don't get the calls. Um, but we can't blow the whistle for the referees. They choose who they blow it for and when they blow it. Um, it's just unfortunate. It always ends up being something that goes against us. Um, but that's that's no excuse. Like we know what we have to deal with, we know what we have to overcome, and it's just on us uh, to figure it out um, because we're not going to get help anywhere else. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The obligatory Kevin Durant question. I feel like I've got to ask it. It happened a week ago. You guys sent out a statement saying he was going to be reevaluated in three weeks. Is there anything about week one that has caused you to reassess his reevaluation date, either for better or for worse, off of the rehab and how it's gone? No, we're still we'll still reevaluate in three weeks. That's that's where we are. Is there any, just a, a rough estimate, hope of how many games you can get him before the end of the season? No, nah, I mean, not trying to put that pressure on anyone. Um, when he's ready, he's, he'll be ready. That's that's the one thing um, that we know for sure with KD. Um, when he's ready to play, he'll let you know. And it doesn't take him very long once he's decided to play um, to, to get out there because uh, he, he puts in the work. Um, a lot of work around the clock. So um, hopefully we get him back before, before I mean, with enough games for him to feel like he's, he's at his peak. Does it matter? Does it matter if he comes back with five games to play, three games to play, or the first game of the playoffs? 
Uh, it does. I think every game, every game he can play um, with the teams, just more minutes together. Um, just better chemistry for him. Um, it's better chemistry for his teammates. Uh, so we want to get him as many games as he needs as possible. And if that's seven, if that's you know ten, whatever it is, I just do. I do know uh, every game he plays with us, we we seem to build momentum. So we want as many games as possible. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. You had done an interview with Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central in which you were quoted as saying that if it were the playoffs, he could go right now. In the assessment of the injury, is it somewhat of a sigh of relief that it wasn't as bad as it could have been and maybe it's not that bad potentially when it comes to the ankle? Of course. You know, initially, whenever you have an ankle sprain um, that, that, that keeps you out, you know, you're worried whether or not it's a fracture or if there's some, some damage. Um, but those things aren't true. You know, he's, he just suffered a really bad sprain. Um, and then it depends on your pain threshold. You know, he's a tough kid. He would, he'd be able to go out there and play, um, if it, if it, you know, if it was on, you know, on the line. Um, he demonstrated that before that he plays hurt and he plays well. So if it were the playoffs, I'm, I'm pretty sure we, it'd be very, very difficult to keep him off the floor. James, when I look at the uh, the Cameron Payne with those back-to-back threes and we look at the bench and Monty's talking about, what are some of the things you feel that you need? I know Monty's experimented, right? He started biz yesterday, but when D.A. got in foul trouble, he went to Jacques Landale. Is it still a work in progress right now to figure out who your top bench guys are going to be? It is. It is. And I think a lot of it will be matchup dependent. Um, the, the teams that that uh, are the, the good teams have a lot of versatility. And if you if you're if if uh, your your top three guys are going to be on the floor at all times, you have to figure out who the other two will be. Um, you know, you have to figure out who that other one will be if your top four guys are on the floor. So um, we have a lot of guys that are capable of doing a bunch of different things. And, and night in and night out, um, the game may demand something different. Uh, we just need our guys to be able to play their roles and, and play it at a high level and be efficient. Um, because for every wasted possession we have, that's one less possession where our, our top guys can, can be effective. All right, uh, I don't want you to feel bad. I've got St. John's winning the whole thing in my uh, bracket. <laughs> St. John's, okay. I mean, yeah. hey, I guess, I guess, I guess we're both delusional sometimes. Yeah. So, um, but I'll, I'll own mine. I don't know what's up with you, Gambo, yeah. but I'll own mine. Yeah, my team's not even in it, but I've got St. John's winning it all uh, in Houston on April third. So, trust me, yeah. trust me, James. We all, none of us know what's going on with Gambo. Come you, on, that was one of the best. The club. That was one of the best teams ever. Chris Mullen, Walter Berry, Mark Jackson, yeah, was 40, Marco Ball, Bill Weddington. 40 years ago, but okay, whatever. Yeah, was 40 <laughs> years ago. James, we appreciate the time. Thanks for putting up with us. Good luck this week. We'll all talk right. to you next week, all right? All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, you got it. James Jones joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Should I pick NAU to win it all in my bracket? You should. I should. I got will. St. John's in the uh-huh. uh, championship game. <laughs> That's good. Let's Text go. the word Valley to 620-620. Become a Phoenix Suns insider. Get all the latest and breaking news on the Suns and their quests for an NBA championship. Again, text Valley to 620-620. All right, big game. ASU tonight in the first four. And, drumroll please, Gambo reveals his bracket. Oh, it's going to be exciting. Next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. I guess we're both delusional sometimes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll own mine. I don't know what's up with you, Gambo, yeah. but I'll own mine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. 
You and James are delusional. The Red Storm going all the way, baby. Here we go. No, you Rick don't. Pitino and the Red Storm. I've seen your bracket. You do not have the Red Storm. St. John's. You do not. How many games do you have them winning? The whole thing. No, you don't. If Houston won the whole thing, I guess don't I do. lie. You got to be. You got to be emotionally and intellectually honest with our. That's my bracket right there. Yeah, I, kudos to you to fill one out. out. I, I, I filled have not out, filled yeah. one out yet. I. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to do it during the ASU game tonight. Okay. I think that's my plan. I usually, okay. traditionally speaking, I just kind of wait until the last minute, and I just, I just go. It's like I, I fill out a. My strategy has changed throughout the years. I used to like put a lot of deep thought into it, a lot of okay, what about this matchup? What about that matchup? Now, honest to God, it's just like a Ouija board. I just grab a pencil and a blank sheet, and I just start writing stuff. And whatever I come up with is that's it. That's it. And I don't do multiple brackets. I don't enter more than once. Just one. I agree. Just one's, one. One's enough. One's just like, one. All right, we doing this now. What? what Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. You got it. You got it in front of you. It's not St. John's all the way. What do you have? No, so in the South region, you're not going to go game eight. by I'll game, go by Elite Eight. I'm going to go Elite okay. Eight. Okay, good. Elite Eight. Alabama versus U of A. Okay. The Wildcats are getting to the Elite Eight. Okay. I got U of A beating Missouri, uh, Princeton, Missouri, and then Creighton. In the East, I've got Duke against Marquette. Okay. I've got Bama beating U of A. I got Marquette beating Duke. So I've got Bama and Marquette in the final four. Okay. In the Midwest, I've got Houston against my surprise team, Texas A&M. Oh, Aggies. Yep. I got I got A&M beating Penn State. I got A&M beating number two Texas, and I got them beating Xavier. Houston versus A&M. And in the West, I've got UConn versus UCLA. I've got Kansas out. Sorry to my friend Justin Robinson, but I've got Kansas out. I got Arkansas beating Kansas. Just lost a listener. Yes. So then I've got Houston beating A&M. I've got UCLA beating UConn. And I've got a Final Four of Bama, Marquette, Houston, UCLA. Okay. Championship champion? Houston over Bama. Okay. Take it to the bank. (laughs) The one in California that's just closed. Take it to that bank. Take it to that bank right there. That's the bank you go was, to with this bracket right say, here. Are you sure? Take it to the bank Valley. something anybody yeah. wants to say to anybody right now. Take it now? to the Silicon Valley take bank. Take it to the bank. Are you yeah. sure? I don't want to just stuff it between my mattresses Not a bank that's open. Don't take it to a bank that's open. Take it to a bank that's closed. <laughs> Can I take it to the take ba- it to Silicon the, Valley? Can I take it to the Bailey Brothers building and loan? Can I take, Can I take, take it, it there? there? Yes, Is I think my... that might still be open. <laughs> George still works there. And Mary. George canceled his honeymoon so he could handle out his money to the, the people who who yeah. invest in the banks. Your so money yeah, might be better, better with there. the Bailey, Bailey building alone than I, it is Silicon Valley. I'd, I'd love to have a big reveal of my... Yeah. I haven't filled mine out yet. I don't know. I don't know, but I... I, I don't. No, you got, you got Stugats. I got Stugats you right got now. Stugats. I'll fill it out. Right. I'll fill it out tonight. I do have ASU winning tonight. Well, And we'll talk about ASU in a minute, but you know what? Since you mentioned Arizona getting to the Elite Eight... They're down. Um, I got to play this Jay Billis cut. He was a guest this morning on the Bickley Marauder Show. And apparently, I haven't seen his bracket, but apparently he's got U of A winning the whole darn thing. Okay. Part of it's the, the bracket and part of it's some of the other teams that I feel are good enough to, to win the whole thing. Um, I think there are only like eight or nine teams that can win the whole thing. Okay. There are a number of teams that can make a Final Four. To navigate a region is a lot different than winning the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I just like Arizona's makeup of their team. I, I actually thought they would uh, uh, do a little bit better last year uh, than than they did in the tournament, but they ran into a tough draw with Houston. But uh, they're legit. 
He likes him to win the whole thing. Wow. I'm, I'm disappointed I, in you all this time. I got him in the Elite Eight. What are you talking I, about? I'm disappointed you didn't pick him to win the championship. They're the closest thing you've got to your team. I didn't pick him to win the championship because they're not going to win the championship. Well, I just, I, you know what? You you were just telling you were telling James Jones, I picked St. John's. He picked Miami. If you're really picking your team, since you didn't actually go to college, pick the team that you've adopted as your own team. You should pick Arizona to win the whole thing. I'm actually mildly disappointed in you for not picking Arizona to win the whole thing. I got him in the Elite Eight. Like go with your you heart. Go. go with you. Do you have a heart? Go with your heart. I have a heart. I'm just teasing. I'm just trying to get a rise out of you. I, I, got, really him, I got him in the Elite Eight. Okay. I got some upsets. Purdue's no good. They're going down in the second round. Memphis takes out Purdue. So, uh, sorry to my friend Nick. P- Purdue's going down. And you're pissing off all of your friends today. With I got two number one seeds. Sorry, Nick. Early. I didn't take Purdue. Sorry. What was the uh, Kansas guy's name? Uh, Justin. Sorry, yeah. Justin. They I couldn't pick Kansas. The, they yeah. kids play in the same team uh, baseball-wise as my son. And Nick went to Purdue and Justin went to Kansas. And both of them are going out early. Kansas is losing Arkansas and Purdue's losing to Memphis. So, there you go. U of A in the Elite Eight. National Championship. I'm a Houston. Shape. Oh, no, I was, I was oh, back Jay to Jay Billis. 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 I was back to Jay Billis. Arizona. Winner, Arizona. Uh, he's got he's got Arizona versus Duke, Texas versus UConn in his final four. The national championship winner is Arizona. All right, ASU. Enough about that. ASU tonight, Nevada, a pair of 11 seeds. The winner, I, I, I mean, technically these two teams are in the tournament, but really playing to get in the tournament. That's the semantics and how you want to look at it. Um, for ASU, they're the slight favorite in this one. Point, point and a half, two points, depending on which one you... You look at a lot of the experts are kind of going with ASU, but saying it could go both ways. Um, it, it, like a lot of things with ASU, it's going to come down to their shooting. Are they shooting the ball well or not? If they are, they should advance against a Nevada team that's lost three straight games to three teams that didn't even make the tournament. You'd think they're catching them at the right time. I think so, too. I, I think ASU got, a, got a, a good matchup here. They're just such a, a, a tough team because if they don't shoot the ball well, they could lose to just about anybody. When they shoot the ball well, they're capable of beating a lot of good teams. Not anybody, but a lot of good teams. Um, I, you know, N- N- Nevada's in, I think that conference went 0 and 4 last year in the tournament. So I, it's, you know, they got four teams in again, but I don't think that that, I don't think that they usually do that well in the tournament. So two former players, they know the team well, Warren Washington and Desmond Cambridge. They, they know Nevada. They know their coach. They have a good scouting report on them. The last time these teams played was Staples Center in two, 2018 and Nevada beat Arizona State. That was the year the Sun Devils went to the tournament and lost to Syracuse in the first four game. The next year they came back, they beat St. John's in the tournament. So I, I think this is a good matchup for ASU. I expected they going to win in advance. Austin Nunez, according to Bobby Hurley, is not quite ready for tonight's game. Maybe this weekend. It's too bad they, they could have used him tonight, but maybe he's available this weekend coming out of concussion protocol. A couple things to keep an eye on. Jared Lucas is Nevada's top scoring threat. He spent three seasons at Air, at Oregon State. He yes. actually led Oregon State's run to the Elite Eight in 2021. So he's a, he's a grizzled tournament veteran, if you will. Uh, Nevada likes to play a very slow pace. 
number 234 in the country in possessions per game, number 308 in the country in fast break points per game. Very, very slow. We'll see how ASU adapts to that tonight. Yeah, well, ASU is great at pressuring the ball, full court, get in your face. This point guard they got is not a full-time point guard. He transitioned this year to be the point guard. He's a big kid, but I expect that they're going to try to force him into a lot of turnovers because he's just not used to handling the ball the way a lot of point guards at this age are. We've hit the turn on the Burns and Gambo show. It's time for the 4 o'clock reset. When we come back, the Cardinals have been quiet but busy in the early days of the new league year. We'll tell you all the moves they've made next on the Burns and Gambo show.